I learned that health equity is making sure that you're not projecting your experiences and your understanding and your lived experiences on somebody else. You absolutely cannot advance healthcare if we're coming at it from a place of what we have had and what we expect to be available. The Medical Alley Podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. MentorMate empowers healthcare clients to deliver on their mission and transform the human experience through technology. For over 20 years, clients have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision, design innovative products, and build secure solutions while understanding the specific nuances of their industry. MentorMate's global team in the U.S., Eastern Europe, and Latin America helps clients in all sectors of healthcare transform their organizations. From Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies and commercial payers to hospital systems, medical device manufacturers, and beyond. Learn more at mentormate.com healthcare. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. My name is Tyler Mason and I'm excited to be joined today by one of our board members here at Medical Alley, Sherry Dodd, who is also the president of Medtronic Canada. We'll talk about that. A relatively new title for her and and some of her other work as well. Sherry, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we start just give maybe a little bit of a, a background of yourself, you know, where you've worked, where you what you're up to and just kind of let folks know who you are. Sure. So I have had the good fortune of being in healthcare my entire career. I often joke that I had a short stint uh, making pizzas, but outside <laughs> of that, I have always been in healthcare and uh, fell into it a little bit accidentally and can't imagine doing anything else. So I'm also one of the people that have also been able to work for companies with very strong value-based kind of mandates. So I worked for the World Health Organization for five Mm. years. I actually supported the Arab Middle East. So I know you can't see me, but I'm a six foot white female. It was an interesting time working in a, in a, in a very, um, you know, different environment, both as it relates to more male dominated um, and Muslim culture, Mm. um, very different than how I'd grown up. I worked 13 years at Johnson and Johnson, and then I've been now with Medtronic for 13 years. So this is really the the home that I've always known, which has been in healthcare and and really serving patients and trying to make an impact on lives. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, background, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the the World Health Organization bit and just a little bit, and, and the Medtronic piece as well, obviously, but. I want to start uh, you know, with the medical alley uh, part of it. You've been on our board since 2018. You serve uh, for two years as the board chair. What has that meant to you to be part of the board here at Medical Alley and, and the work that you and others on the board have been able to accomplish during that time? Yeah, I can't believe it's been five and a half years. So that <laughs> is, comes as a really big surprise. I have been reflecting on my time at Medical Alley and, and what it's really meant to me personally in my own development and understanding of the power of not just having a Rolodex of companies that come together, but really what it means to empower true leaders and innovators that are in this space to really collectively do something, not just for the Minnesota community, but really on this global scale. It's it's an amazing experience. When I first joined, and I believe it was Tim Frischman who was looking for volunteers to help on the NOMGov committee, and I in my head, I thought, well, I'll raise my hand for that, thinking, you know, I'll lick envelopes or if we <laughs> need to kind of send information out. And 
that experience of really understanding what it meant to be looking at and building out a community and the role of non-gov in understanding the core of Medical Alley and where you want to go and the type of members that you want to bring to be sitting on your board was so powerful. And then this opportunity of being board chair was, you know, really beyond what I had even set my sights on for myself. And now with that experience behind me, I have deeper appreciation for what it means to have that responsibility and to be leading, you know, teams and people and ideas forward. It, is, it was an amazing opportunity. And I was also the first female chair for Medical Alley, which had an extra, you know, silver lining of uh, just feeling like that, that's what needed to happen. Didn't, didn't need to be me, but I'm glad that if, if that was the first, um, it won't be the last. Yeah, absolutely. And this isn't the only board you serve on. I know you serve on at least one other board. How do you view kind of your position on these various boards as an opportunity to inspire maybe equity and diversity, uh, you know, among the work that you do? So my other board position is with Tactile Medical, and I joined that board about two and a half years ago. And I'm also on, on the chairman of NonGov um, for that, uh, that public company uh, board. And again, another opportunity of really making sure that as we understand the strategy and where the company wants to go, making sure we have the right representation at the board level to have uh, a voice in in the decisions and in the shaping of of the strategy and the support for for the CEO. So I was also one of two um, board members that joined Tactile as also being the first females joining a board. And uh, we've been building out diversity in that board and will continue to build out diversity in the board to make sure that we've got, you know, the appropriate voice and inclusion and, and uh, thoughtfulness that's going into for, for that company. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's great to hear. Um, you know, we talked, obviously, your work with Medical Alley. And um, as I understand, and this predates my time here uh, at the association, but you were instrumental in helping kind of spearhead the, the speaker series, which we now call Equity in the Alley, was previously known as Women in Health Leadership. Uh, can you take us through a little bit about kind of the idea of starting that series and why that was important to you? You know, I was asked to be a presenter, I think, in one of the early sessions around that. And again, when you're being asked to participate, you you think about your own journey and you think about what's important to share with others. And I remember that forum and I was surprised there maybe was 60 women in the room and this sense of uh, hunger to really understand other experiences by people who looked like you. Now, I didn't look like everyone in the room, but certainly from from gender standpoint, I didn't understand and have a full appreciation of how important it was to hear from women who have moved up, have had increasing scope of responsibilities and impact. And I take that very seriously. So when we move from those women in leadership to actually this equity in the alley, I think was another way of just doubling down and really celebrating um, um, and creating, you know, more visibility and inspiration for women who really are leading health and wellness transformation in our industry. Mm -hmm. There's many of us. We often don't seek the limelight or don't seek these opportunities. So I think it's important to share it. And then the that residual impact of uh, of inspiration and voice that happens from there. It's very hard to measure, but I, I know it to be true. Yeah, and I've enjoyed the the ones that I've attended. I, I think it's been four or five now that I've been to since uh, being in a medical alley. The, all the speakers have been great, and the, the messages have been pretty powerful for, I think, everybody in the room. Um, kind of a shameless plug here. Our next one is September 26th. Uh, Kate Stewart of Stryker will be the speaker for that. So if, if anyone's interested in learning more about it, checking it out, that is on the Medical Alley website uh, on our events page. So, um, yeah, encourage them to check that out. 
You know what, Tyler, it's interesting about that because I, I, sometimes we talk about it as like a women's forum for women and it's not. And no. I think we get to the point where you're just having a leader right. present about leadership. And we don't think about as a women leader, that's going to be talking to us about women's leadership. Mm-hmm. That's the goal where we all want to get to where it's experiences really phenomenal leaders that we want to hear from. And right. yeah, we have to double down and create the visibility and the path for women to do this and women will attend, but it is not a women's book club. It's not right. a women's speaker club. This right. really is for everyone who can benefit from hearing about tremendous work that's happening by, uh, by our leaders who happen to be women. Exactly. Yeah. Men and women attend. And I think everybody that, that does attend comes away with, with something, uh, you know, that maybe they can take, um, whether they're a leader in their organization or just something to bring into their, their everyday life. So yeah, great point on that as well. Uh, at the beginning, you mentioned that uh, you started your career with the world health organization, which sounds pretty fascinating to me as you described it. How did that impact, uh, kind of how you viewed health equity in the, in those several years that you worked there? Yeah, I keep trying to find, think of a way that I can tell what has been an amazing, absolutely changed my life story. And in, in in a podcast. So let me try to do it crisply. <laughs> One, I went there just looking for a job. I really walked into WHO in Geneva, Switzerland, because I was out of money and I needed to find a temporary job in order to pay for a flight for me to go home and carry on what I thought my, my path was going to be going to uh, going to law school. And I walked in and they asked if I had uh, skill sets to write a report. And I did. So I, I said, yes. And they said, great, we need this report on Iranian education. What were the number of physicians that were needed in in order to support what was kind of the changing um, disease states epidemiology that was happening in the country. So I did that. Now I'm from Idaho. I've been living in Idaho. I kind of grew up in the West. I didn't know an Iranian. I had never been to Iran. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about really the, 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 the Arab Middle East. So for me, there was a lot of, of, uh, of truly like new thinking here. Sure. Within six weeks of that, and then that turned into a, a, an extension of a temporary contract, which then turned into a permanent position, I ended up staying five years. Mm. So I absolutely took from not knowing anything to needing a job to actually having genuine curiosity to it becoming part of who I am <laughs> uh, in a very short period of time. And that sense that when I project and I think about what does health mean for me? I come in my own package with my own experiences and my own, you know, socioeconomic, educational background, all of these things that make up kind of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I learned that health equity is making sure that you're not projecting your experiences and your understanding and your lived experiences on somebody else. Mm -hmm. You absolutely cannot advance healthcare if we're coming at it from a place of what we have had and what we expect to be available. So that rewired me in really thinking about population health. It it rewired the way I actually think about the patient experience in getting to healthcare. What is that patient's journey step by step by step? What are the barriers? What are the accelerators? And and I haven't lost that. And it was a pivotal experience for me. And I'm so thankful that I had it. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a pretty Pretty awesome way to start a career. Pretty set you up pretty well for you know what what came next. Um, as you mentioned, Johnson Johnson, and now as a president of Medtronic Canada after uh, you know thirteen or so years at Medtronic, uh, that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about um, being named president of Medtronic Canada last year. What did that mean to you, both on a personal level and a professional level? Well, I uh, it's also kind of one of those where when you think about aspiration and growth and where where does your skills and experiences best lend themselves. Canada is an amazing 
opportunity for me if I very selfish to think about it. I'm a health economist by training. And so, and, and I ran a clinical organization in our cardiac rhythm bis- business um, with Medtronic as well as health economics. So when I think about Canada and I think about how important economic data is in decision-making and procurement, when I think about the role of clinical data and differentiating technologies and the academic uh, background that is, is just so predominant in, in Canada and the expertise of, of uh, clinical research and the policy aspects and all of these things, it was just mm-hmm. an amazing opportunity for me. Now, I'm American as well. So the idea that, uh, again, taking whatever my background is and my experiences, whether it's from Idaho to the, the Arab Middle East or sure. taking from uh, now Montana to kind of Canada, <laughs> to transcend that and think, you know, not what it means to be an American, but what does it look like in Canada? What How, how are decisions made? What are the needs of the population? And that has just been an amazing opportunity for me thinking about my skill sets, but it's a great learning opportunity. And I'm also the first female um, president um, for Canada region. So again, not, um, not lost on me that that's meaningful, um, not only for myself, but for others that can see somebody can transcend and move up and actually take on responsibility and, uh, and do things for the first time. On that note, I'll just ask you, you mentioned first female president of Medtronic and you mentioned first uh, female board chairman of Kalali. Does that, is that something that you, I mean, take pride in or how much do you think about that? And what, what does that mean to, to have those, I guess, distinctions? Yeah, I don't think about it in terms of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go bust in and be the first sure. uh, because that, that, that needs to happen. I also take it seriously that, you know, if not me, then somebody else should be that person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gunning for myself to be the first. I really believe that we need to see more equity uh, and, and appropriate representation everywhere. And we have to be both human in terms of empathy and making sure that voices are heard and championing others. And then we have to be ambitious, but not necessarily ambitious for ourselves that we want it, but because if you really believe that diversity is going to make for better businesses, better business decisions, healthier cultures, teaming and collaboration, all these things, then yeah, I'm happy to put myself in. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't had a list checklist of like, I want to be the first, the first, the first. Sure. And look, I didn't get those opportunities either on my own. I had a number of people that have created those opportunities, created the space for me, created the visibility, um, created the experiences that helped get me there. So nobody gets there alone. And a lot of the people that helped me were men. So it isn't like, uh, you know, only women can help women. Everybody needs to help everybody. Yeah. But it means yeah, when I reflect on it, I'm I am proud of that, um, and I would want those experiences for everyone either to be the first or the second or the third or just get in there and do it and yeah. be, be that leader. Sure, well said. Yeah. Well, the last one here as we kind of wrap up the conversation, um, you, you've said before that one of your passions is healthcare transformation, and that's become uh, a term that Medical Alley has embraced a bit as well. When you think of that term, healthcare transformation, what does that ultimately mean to you? Back to health equity. We leave patients behind every single day that could otherwise benefit from technology coming at it from a Medtronic lens. Should be unacceptable. People who are indicated, who could benefit, but who don't receive because of barriers, maybe geographical barriers, Mm -hmm. maybe biases in their ethnicity or in their gender background. Uh, Clinicians who maybe don't have access to appropriate training, care pathways that aren't getting referrals in. Um, funding that isn't available maybe for certain subsets of populations that would otherwise benefit, it's not okay. 
Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not okay. Yeah. Uh, and so when I think about healthcare transformation for me, it's taking on things that are tough where there isn't a known solution, but willing to jump in and start doing the work. And that's what Medical Alley has been doing. Um, it's what I've been trying to do. And tons of people like me just aren't satisfied with the status quo and looking around and saying, again, if I'm not going to be a leader in doing this, then I'm going to be waiting. Um, so jump in. And it's not going to be perfect, but the goal is to be better and to provide this equity for all in healthcare. And that's a worthy, it's a worthy effort and one that I've definitely have signed up for. Absolutely. And I think that's a great place to to wrap it up here. Sherry, thank you so much for taking time today. I always appreciate our, our conversations when our paths cross. Uh, but again, thanks uh, for the time today and, and for all the work you do uh, for Medical Alley and, and for Medtronic and, and really for healthcare as well. I appreciate it. It's been great talking to you, Tyler. All right. And everybody tuning in, thank you for listening today to this episode of the Medical Alley Podcast. If you're not already subscribing, be sure to do that. You can find us otherwise on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, Until next time, have a great day.